In today's show, we're looking ahead to Saturday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Well, we've got stuff that's going to happen for the trade deadline today. Well, the trade deadline's passed, obviously, but we're going to see more information through rotations and some questions being answered. Let's talk about the massive day we've got on Saturday. There are 11 games on. Let's look at what we're looking at in those games. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first game is the Knicks and the Blazers. Yes, the Knicks. Will RJ Barrett return after missing last game with that sprained ankle? With him out, they started Quentin Grimes and they gave Cam Riddish some rotation minutes. Riddish has played in the last three games with Grimes out, Walker out, and Barrett out. Will he be able to maintain a rotation spot? I don't think so. But let's see what Barrett comes back like and what his minutes look like. And then also Evan Fournier, who has played 30-plus minutes in five consecutive games. He's a top 70 player over the last two weeks. He's hitting some form. Now, I wouldn't say that he's a great, great option long-term, and there's going to be ups and downs, but he's obviously playing at a much higher level than he was to begin the season. And his role feels, at the moment, fairly secure. So that can give you a little bit of a boost in terms of a guy that might be on some waiver wires that can provide some value for you. For the Portland Trailblazers, will this be the start of the Josh the Hitman Hart era? Last game, he rested. All right, cool. Is he going to be fully rested and ready to go in this one? Where does he fit into the rotation? And who's the guy that moves to the bench? Is it McLemore? Is it Alibi? Is it Winslow? I think Hart's value is going to be just fine. But let's see how it impacts everyone else. And let's see what Justice Winslow can do. He's been really good. He's been the option, I think, over Alibi, definitely over McLemore as a 12-team guy. And I think he's going to be an interesting, fringy sort of player. Top 100, almost definitely not. It's not crazy to think that he can get there, but I wouldn't be expecting that. But Winslow and Alibi, how their roles fit in next to Hart now is going to be one of the big things to watch in this game. The Kings and the Wizards. The Kings have got players who have debuted after trades. We've got players we're waiting on to arrive. And there's big questions still with the rotation because we're waiting on Mo Harkless's ankle. So what happens with Jeremy Lamb, who in the first game for his new team played 31 minutes, but now Dante DiVincenzo's in the mix. Does DiVincenzo start? I see Kings guys, oh, DiVincenzo's just going to start now. Like, he wasn't that particularly good to start this season. I think he's a solid player, but he's still dealing with this ankle problem. Are they going to start him over Mitchell, over Holiday, over Lamb? I don't know how it all works. And there's a lot of question marks there about those minutes between all those players, Holiday, Mitchell, DiVincenzo, Lamb, that might just nerf all of their fantasy values. That's possible. And then at Powerford, is it going to be Barnes getting minutes there so they can extend more of those other wings out like Lamb and, and Mitchell and those guys and play smaller? Um, is Metu going to start? Is Mo Harkless going to start at the four if he returns? Is Trey Lyles going to get a chance? My God, is that what they're going to do? There are a number of options on this team that got deeper. So watching yeah, Metu, I think we saw him have that really good first quarter explosion. But will he play 21 minutes maybe? 
as they play Barnes more at the four and, and go smaller and get these other wings into the mix. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Limiting Metu um, and his upside from being realized in 12-team formats. For the Washington Wizards. Percentages. Now, okay, looks like I'm wrong, right? It makes no sense for me for the Wizards to have a guy with multiple knee surgeries, multiple knee injuries, dealing with a bone bruise in his knee on a team that just shut down their best player for wrist surgery in Bradley Beal and has no NBA caliber point guards on their roster to play this bloke with significant history and current injury in his knee. So, well, all right, Chris Stapps, you're ready to go. But that's apparently what they're doing. I, I don't know why that's what they're doing, but that's apparently what they're doing. And he might play on Saturday, which is absolutely stunning to me. And I would imagine with how Kyle Kuzma has played this season that Porzingis just slots in as the starting center. I don't think they're going to want to push Kuzma down to the three, but maybe they do. Maybe maybe they should. I don't, Kuzma is more of a four than a three, but maybe they do that and put Kuzma, Porzingis, and then Tom Bryant slash Gafford. There is a ton of uncertainty here. This could, again, keep Gafford out of the rotation entirely, or Porzingis might start at the four and Gafford at the five, or Bryant at the five, and Porzingis never plays at the four at all, or never plays at the five at all, and they, all his minutes are at the four, but then where does that leave Rui Hachimura? This Porzingis thing, I know Harrell is gone, but Harrell was a 23-minute-a-night guy who was not very good. And Porzingis could play 31, 32 minutes a night and lead the offense. But where he plays is going to determine a ton of value or ton of ton of other people's value. So that is, that is, we have to watch this. Obviously, Gafford is out. So I think that for this game, at least, Porzingis will start at center with Kuzma next to him and Bryant coming off the bench. But that's, that's no guarantee. That's the direction that they go when, say, Gafford is healthy, because then they have Gafford, Bryant, and Porzingis who can play at center, and how they want to run that, I've got no idea. But the fact that Porzingis is likely to return straight away, it obviously limits any Bryant or Gafford pickups. And that, that was a risk. We just didn't know. That was my assumption, that it would make no sense on a logical perspective to do that. But a lot of the shit the Wizards do does, doesn't make any sense. We've seen that for years and years and years. And at point guard, who's going to be the guy? Hal Neto? Is Ish Smith going to play in his first game coming across? Well, I imagine they'll keep starting Neto. Will it remain that way, though? I, I just don't know what they're going to do. Neto can be a fringe 12-team league guy. So can Smith. But if there's uncertainty between their roles, it's really hard to just commit to one and go, this is how it's going to be. So let's get a little bit more data in here. Take a fly up. No worries. There's no worries with streaming those guys in like Neto or Smith to see what happens. But we just don't know how they're going um, to run that point guard rotation at this point. But I do know that the best place to go for all of your Super Bowl odds, your props, your lines... It's been online. They've got everything for the big game coming up on Sunday. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. I think that's all done, isn't it? BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball or football. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey and boxing and UFC and odds right next to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, let's... I realize I didn't hit the transition over to my face there on the video. That is not good. That's fine. Let's look at the next game. It is the Spurs and the Pelicans. We know Derek White is gone. Will Joshy Richardson play? He's not likely to play on Friday. Does he join the team for the back-to-back -back Saturday? Don't know. But then how does that role look? We, all, we already know that Derek White is out, right? He's gone. So someone's going to step into that role temporarily or not. I'll try again. Maybe temporarily in Devin Vassell. I think Vassell just holds that spot down. 
But when Richardson's in the mix, how does Richardson and Vassell and Walker and Primo and all those guys coexist? Even Langford, where do they fit in? I am watching Vassell, who I do think is a 12-team league guy to add and to make sure he's on a roster, but there's uncertainty still. And then Zach Collins, who has taken over the backup spot off Drew Eubanks, who's gone, and Jock Landau, who's behind him. Can Collins play? The, the, value, the way that Collins can get to value is playing backup minutes at the four as well. That hasn't happened yet. He's playing the minutes behind Jakob Pertl, and that's it. And I don't think 18-minute a night Zach Collins is a guy you need to roster. 25-minute a night Zach Collins would be interesting. I, I don't think it gets there, but it is one for us to watch to see what minutes they start to give him. I'm also really interested to see what they do with Lonnie Walker. Are they actually even going to play Lonnie Walker as we move forward with Richardson and Langford in the mix? That is a question for me. And then for the Pelicans, the big one is what is going on with Jackson Hayes? Last game, he came off the bench. He played barely 17 minutes. And now he goes up against the Spurs, who aren't particularly big. Is a Hayes-McDermott power forward matchup what they want? Billy Hernan Gomez is going to be playing. So they've got at least a little bit of big man backup power there so the Hayes can play a little bit more at the four. But if Hayes plays like 17 minutes in this game, and then the next game's against the Raptors, which is not a particularly good matchup for him either, then yeah, that, that's, that puts a pin in him having great value. If they're now that they've got someone like McCullum who slots into that starting lineup and they're not going to bench Graham, Hayes is the guy that loses out. And this was, again, it was the worry we had is that he was putting up those numbers when someone was out, Hart was out. Or then the game when Jones and Valanciunas got into foul trouble. So he got big minutes. But if they're fully healthy and fully ready to go, then maybe he just doesn't get it. Maybe they don't actually buy into that as something to watch. Then I want to watch CJ McCollum because he took all of the ball handling away from Brandon Ingram pretty much. Ingram did nothing last game. Usage well down, no assists. Is that going to be the pattern for the Pelicans? It's going to be pretty frustrating if you have uh, Brandon Ingram and that's what they're doing. The Grizzlies and the Hornets. The wave pool, D'Anthony Melton. We know Dylan Brooks is out. Melton is starting to get a little bit more consistent, thank God. 20 plus minutes in three straight games, solid enough numbers. I don't know that I fully buy that I want to trust that he's going to play that much each game. I'm not fully there yet, but what we've seen of late is Zaire Williams losing minutes where he was playing like 30 a night at the expense of Melton, which was always pretty confusing to me, but he's getting down to like 24, 22 and Melton's pushing up to 21, 23. So 23 minutes of De'Anthony Melton probably is a 12-team league player, at least streaming. Well, Brandon Clark, he only needs like 23 to be a 12-team league guy as well. And he's sort of hovering in that zone. There is still ups and downs with his playing time and how they run him with Kyle Anderson. But yeah, Jackson Clark is, it sounds like one person, Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark is a combo they should be investing in more, I think. So let's see what they do. For Charlotte, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen at center, do I? Montrez Harrell's going to play. So we're going to get some idea on Monday, uh, on Monday, on Friday. But then, you know, on Memphis, against Memphis, does Plumlee start? Does Harrell start? Where the hell does PJ Washington fit into all of this? Does Harrell play 29 minutes or 23 minutes? Does Plumlee play 15 minutes or 24 minutes? Does Washington play exclusively at the four? They are a ton of questions. And with Ish Smith gone, with Gordon Haywood out, with Cody Martin out, James Booknight's probably going to have to play. Is he going to play well? I don't know, but there are plenty of opportunities for him now. So let's see what his playing time looks like and he bumps into having a little bit more value in deeper formats. For the Nuggets, Monty Morris. He's out with a concussion. So we won't be getting any production from Monty Morris for the next couple of games. I assume that Austin Rivers will move into the starting lineup. It could be Faku. It could be the big stiffy Bones Highland. That's what we want to watch. But Highland, last game we saw him against the Knicks was really good. 25 minutes played well. Will he be able to do that again? 
if they start him and play him 30 minutes, then I'm all aboard as a short-term stream. But we'll get more information after the game on Friday against the Celtics, and then we'll see what happens against the Raptors. But that's one to watch, as with Rivers as well. And then for Toronto, Thad Young, he's ready to go. How much do they play him? We know that they play the starters a million minutes, but their backups are Achua, Birch, and Boucher, three centers. You're adding another center into that mix? Who misses out? Is it Boucher? Is it Achua? Probably. Is it Birch? Probably. Is there any wings that they can use at all there? Or guards on the bench? I, I don't know. Fred Van Vliet's also questionable for this game. But watching what Young's minutes are, 19 minutes for Thad Young, doesn't cut it. 24 minutes for Thad Young, yes. 18 minutes for Chris Boucher, doesn't cut it. 23 does. So how, are, how do those guys get used? That is a really big question mark here, I think, for this, um, for this matchup. The Cavs and the Sixers. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to get a good look at the fully formed Philadelphia 76ers. And we're not going to get a, a good look, and we might not get a good look at the Cavs either because Darius Garland is back out again on Friday with a back issue. Now, I think that might be just first game of a back-to-back against the Pacers, but we'll see whether he returns for that game on uh, on Saturday against the Sixers. So if he is out, how does Rondo look? How does Karis LeVert look? LeVert, I thought, was okay in his first game. not Nothing great. And he's still a hole for now, but that literally might not last. We'll have to see how they use him and what happens when Markinen returns, which won't be for this game. And then for the Sixers, James Harden will not play in this game. He's still passing physicals and all that sort of stuff. So he's not going to play the Friday, Saturday here, Jim. So we're not going to get an, uh, a chance to see that. But there's not going to be Seth Curry. There's not going to be Andre Drummond. So we're going to have to get more Thibel. And that'll be interesting for his defensive sets. And we're going to, I think, probably have to get more Furkan Korkmaz because we don't know whether Shake Milton will play. He's been out for about a month, I think, now with that back issue. So Korkmaz will have to play a little bit more. Isaiah Joe will probably play a little bit more, as will Danny Green to fill in that gap that Seth Curry has left in the rotation. The Nets in the heat, much like um, Philadelphia, like, will these guys actually play? Is Andre Drummond going to play? We know Ben Simmons isn't. Um... Yeah, he's, he's yeah, ramping it up. He's probably maybe mid next week. We don't know exactly. Maybe after the All-Star. We don't know how long it's going to take for him to come back. Um, but what is Drummond's role? Aldridge is out. Claxton is out as well. So do they just slide Drummond straight in to start? I would imagine so, but I don't think it's 30 minutes. Again, Griffin can get some of that playing time as well. But watching his role, and I don't mind taking a flyer on Drummond because there is no debating that in big minutes, he will put up good fantasy numbers. But my issue has always been with him. Like, is he good enough to demand those big minutes? And then when Ben Simmons is there, does it make sense to actually play those guys together? And, and I think the answer to that's probably no, but we want to watch it. And then Cam Thomas, who's stepped up a lot lately. Scoring's been really big. Minutes have been big. And I think there's another opportunity for some good performances for him while we're waiting for Simmons and Curry to arrive. Now, Curry will have a slight impact on Thomas. Simmons will have an impact on Thomas when they both are there. And that will probably take him away from being even streamable. But let's watch that. For Miami, Kyle Lowry getting back into form now, playing well. We don't know whether Tyler Hero is going to play. He is um, questionable at the moment. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Same with Caleb Martin. But if they play, like, what do the minutes look like for Vincent and for Martin and for Struess and for Robinson? Because they're all cut into each other's playing time. And I feel like one of those guys has to miss out. Who's it going to be? I don't know. But that's something we are going to have to watch because that makes uh, a difference in deeper leagues for sure. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, to run, and to grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. 
reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more, and gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's all lowercase. For a free 14-day trial, and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now. That's shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. After reading that, I need a built bar. I need to jam myself full of protein. I need to do it and make sure it tastes delicious. So does anyone know what that combination is, it's of course, it's Bilpa. If you, you if you want to get something, you got to get cookies and cream. That's your number one flavor. It tastes brilliant. But there's other ones too. Coconut and raspberry and strawberry and orange and mint brownie and peanut butter brownie and salted caramel and all those great flavors plus all the special editions they throw out there. Built Bar SE, they're the flavors you want to get a hands on because they don't last long. So head to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% on your order and you're going to want multiple orders. Well, let's, let's be fair. These things are unbelievable. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. Go to built.com. Use the code LOCKED15. Built Bar is built different. Next game. Thunder and the Bulls. Alexei Pokushevsky. Is he good now? No. But is he playing well? Yes. How confident in that, of that continuing am I? I don't know. But I also am very interested in maybe taking a flyer. 26 and 30 minutes the last two games. And there's a lot of guys out. Wiggins, Gildas Alexander, Muscala, Robinson L. There's an opportunity for him. It could blow up in our face and he have, might have five points on 12 shots. But he's looked really good. And there's at least some some streaming appeal. And the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, is also playing well. 31 minutes the last two games. He fills it up across the board. He's not going to blow you away with big scoring, but rebounds, assists, he steals, he blocks. He just does things across the board. And that gives at least some deeper leagues some value there. For the Bulls on their side of things, Ayo Desunmu, he's questionable after missing last game with a concussion. If he plays, then where does that leave Kobe White? And what about Javante Green, who's played 30 minutes in most games, but there was that weird game against the Suns where he played just 24. I think he is a 12-team league guy, but I also wouldn't consider him not expendable. Like, if you need to make moves or trades or activate someone, like, he's not that good that he's a must-hold player through all circumstances. So watching Kobe and watching Javante, watching their values and their roles, if Dasunmu is in or Dasunmu is out, is going to be interesting. The Lakers and the Warriors. I don't know whether Russell Westbrook's back is going to be fine. Or was it a fake injury to maybe prepare for a trade that didn't end up happening? He's officially listed as questionable, but let's see what actually happens there. While Carmelo Anthony is doubtful with his hamstring. Malik Monk stunk in the last game, but I don't worry about that. The minutes were fine. He's a better shooter than that. He's a better player than that. He's fine. He's a 12-team league guy. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, the last two games have been better for him. I'm not saying we're adding him because we're absolutely not, but he could be streamed in. And especially if Russ is out, I think it does help Horton Tucker. For the Warriors, a lot of their guys, um, we don't know what... Actually, let's try this. Otto Porter should return. He rested last game. I don't know if Andre Iguodala will return. But I want to watch Johnny Kaminga because he's played 20-plus minutes in five straight games. He played 36 last game in a start. Will they keep him starting over Otto Porter? Will they still play him 25 minutes if Iguodala and Porter return? Is he... 14-team Stramble? Yeah, like I think he's worth having a look at for now to see where it goes and see what they decide to do. And then, you know, conversely, what do they do with Otto Porter? Because in 26 minutes a night, Porter's a 12-team league guy. Plays 18, he isn't. And that's something we need to watch to see how they use him. The Clippers and the Mavericks. Well, the Clippers is just what is going on with this rotation. Last, last game, these two guys have got listed, Robert Covington and Isaiah Hartenstein, combined for 16 minutes. 16. 
The game before that, they combined for 57. So to say there's a wide range of outcomes with these Clippers rotations is obviously a slight understatement. The thing that you worry about here is they are playing the Mavericks again. That's who they played on Thursday. And Zubats gets cooked by Doncic. Hardenstein gets cooked by Doncic. They try and run small, but then Covington apparently doesn't know how to run small, even though he's been running small for years as a center, yet Tyloo doesn't think he can do it. Or he doesn't understand their complex scheme to be able to do it. But what do we do with these guys? Hardenstein, 23 minutes a night, 12-team guy, no problem. 17 minutes a night, not worth it. There's going to be inconsistencies, and we talked about this a lot. Like, he's worth a flyer. But it might not work out. And he, he's probably just going to be a fringe guy with all the rotation shenanigans that go on with the Clippers. And then for the Mavericks, will we get Spencer Dinwiddie playing? And if we do, what does it look like? Where does he play? Is he 30 minutes or 25 minutes? How does it impact Brunson? How does it impact Bullock? They're, these are huge questions. And then there's literally only two centers on this. That's not true. Actually, no. There's, there's Boba Majanovic as the other center. You can't play him. So there's Kleber and Powell. That is it. So at Power Forward, you've just got to be running with Finney Smith and what? Bullock? Josh Green? Because Marquez Chris is out. Does Kleber have to do double duty? Has backup center backup four? Probably. Yeah, how do those minutes look? I don't think Powell or Kleber are must roster guys. They're guys to watch. If Kleber plays 30 minutes, then he can be a 12-team league guy, but he has a ton of inconsistency as well. For the Suns, they are hosting the Orlando Magic in the final game of the day. This is a back-to-back for Orlando. Jalen Suggs looks like he's going to be available to play. He's probable for Friday, so we assume he plays. Um, Jim Rikiki, what do the minutes look like? Because he had 29 last game, as Bumba played only 19. Is that what you can do against the Suns and Aiton? Yeah, with Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson manning the four? Probably can. And that probably makes a little bit more sense. So really, really digging in to watch Chumura Kiki's playing time. How that impacts Mo Bumba, I think is very interesting for us. And Cole Anthony started to turn it back around again, which is great news if you do have him. For the Suns, does Tory Craig play after coming across? And if he does, how does it impact Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder? Does Craig play at all? Does he play 15 minutes? Does he play 20 minutes? Does Johnson play 27 or 20? Like, how are they going to run that? Are they going to run small a lot with Craig at center and limit JaVale McGee and keep Aiton at 28 minutes instead of 32? A lot of questions now for Monty Williams about how that rotation is going to go. There is no back-to-backs on Saturday, Sunday. So let's take a look at some nine-catch streams for Saturday. Otto Porter, Thad Young, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, McGee, Nico Batum, Kenridge Williams, Jay Crowder, Danny Green, Tom Bryant, and PJ Tucker. Deeper leagues, we look at Jeremy Lamb, Bones Highland, Dennis Smith, Denny Avdia, Dougie McDirt, Trendon Watford, Hull Neto, Corey Kispert. A lot of Wizards guys there because there's so much uncertainty. Brittany Forbes and Georgie Niang. And for points leagues, we're looking at Baisley, Winslow, Young, Thad Young, Yang. I don't know why I said it that way. Bissell, Brandon Clark, Kenrich Williams, Otto Porter, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Javante Green, and Dennis Smith Jr. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.